Hey guys, welcome back to the Catch Up Time podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa McDonald, and if you're new here, welcome, welcome. If you listened before, I'm so glad you found your way back here today. My hope is that you find this conversation uplifting and that it puts a pep in your step as you go about your day. On this show, we'll shine the spotlight on real people just like you and me. You'll get to listen in on real conversations amongst friends as we explore an array of topics and take the discussion in any direction we choose. Along the way, we'll uncover truths and life lessons that we can all relate to and apply in our own lives. Knowing that we're not alone is incredibly powerful, and hearing how others have pivoted and adapted is inspirational. Join me each week as we discover new possibilities to grow, to be better, to be more productive, and to live happier, more fulfilling lives. Check out my Instagram and follow me at ketchup underscore time, like the condiment and the herb. (laughs) And be sure to hit subscribe to the Ketchup Time podcast, where you'll find some brightness and positivity to light up your day. All right. Let's get started. Today we're hanging out with my good friend and former counterpart, Melissa Pabian. If you recognize that name from a previous episode, you would be right. Melissa was a guest on episode 8 with Visitor when she shared the stage with Debbie Garcia. We spoke in that episode about their new company and how they're bringing the site visit into the virtual world. Melissa has had a wide-ranging career in hospitality and event management, selling and executing events in restaurants, hotels, and ballrooms throughout the country. During our visit, we explore how she's used her extra time since being furloughed and ultimately laid off as an opportunity for her to explore her interests, indulge her creativity, and figure out a way to make money doing what she loves. We'll also dive into the most effective ways that she's learned to manage her daily schedule. From scheduling her calls and self-educating, Melissa has found ways to structure her day in a way that allows her to be the most productive. You can find Melissa on Instagram at Melissa Pabian or on LinkedIn, which I'll link in the show notes below. In this episode, I hope that we've shown that there are plenty of opportunities that lie ahead after drastic changes in our professional lives. There are skills that you possess and experiences that you've had that are transferable to other industries and to other jobs. There are new paths that await you. Sometimes just hearing someone else's story is the nudge you need to get moving. So with that being said, let's please enjoy this conversation with Melissa Pabian. Hello. Hello. This is perfect. How are you? Yeah, how are you? I'm good. Hold on. Let me just minimize this little. I'm going to turn my phone on mute. It's not airplane mode. How do you like put it on? Oh, there it is. Okay. The D&D. Okay. There we go. So how are you? Oh, you know, you know, I've got like back to back things going on. So it's like it literally like, like that's why I was like, please send me a calendar. Because it's like if it's not on my calendar, like I, I, I forget. I double book myself. I'm like, no, listen, I have like literally I have um, my agenda that I live by. But, like I, I have like three different calendars. This I have a notebook. I have it's like. I don't, I need a better system. I know, it's crazy. This is not working. It's crazy. It, it, that's why I try to keep everything in my phone. So this way I can literally click on like whatever day it is and then see, I'm like, yeah. okay, yeah, I'm not booking anything else for today. I don't know when I'm going to sleep, but um, it'll happen. Dude, it's, <laughs> it'll happen. 
So, right. So tell, I mean, you have been keeping yourself very busy. Like, yeah. <clears throat> hold on. Where are you in your office? Look at the top yeah. above you. I love that. Like the, the bookcase and the, what is that? Like a, like so a treasure this chest. This is like, so you want to see like, because you were talking about like all like the crafting and everything. So this is like my new little like workshop here that I've got going on. Oh. I have like so much stuff. Oh it's yeah. Crazy. Look at this. Oh, you got the cricket right there. What's that press machine? What is that? Yep, so the heat press, that's how I make the t-shirts. Okay, okay, nice. And then I have all of like my printers and everything in the back over here. Do you have multiple printers? Yeah. So I have one, I have like one printer that I use that's just like a regular printer for, you know, whatever documents and whatever. Mm -hmm. So then the other printer is, is actually a crafting printer. So it's like an ink, it's a special ink that goes into the printer yep. mm -hmm. um, that I can use to make like coasters or blankets or like, yeah, I like, I've like fully dove in. I was just like, you know what? Like I need options at this point. <laughs> Listen, well, and that's why I, I wanted to talk to you. And and like, I loved the Visitor episode that we did. I loved learning mm -hmm. about what that platform is and how that all got to be. But I didn't have an opportunity to really talk to you about what you've been doing yeah. through this whole COVID. That's like a little month. blip on my map of things that yeah. I'm doing. Which is crazy because that's like a huge operation. And yet you still have, when we were talking through text the other day, you're like, doing multi you're taking classes still you're you're learning how to use adobe are you using adobe for the crafting business so i'm using it for like a little bit of everything i just thought like i it started out that i was like wow i can create all of these cool things on adobe to be able to print on t-shirts to be able to print on blankets pillows anything like that and then the more and more i started diving into it i was like this would probably actually be a really good skill set to have even as like an event planner for creating marketing collateral, for building websites, for posting on social media. So it kind of went from a hobby-ish type of thing to, wow, I can really use this for so many other things. So now I've just kind of like started diving in a little bit deeper with it. But it's it seems like you've really taken off. I mean, you since the beginning of this, like I kept seeing you posting on like the Marriott page, pages on Facebook and you just never stopped. Like you didn't give up. You just kept going and OK, I don't have a job with Marriott anymore or I'm furloughed. And eventually you were I think you were laid off. Yeah. Is that right? Um, and like, you know, you just kept going. And so I want to dive into that. I want to like hear more about your year and what you've experienced through yeah. all of this so, crazy time. It's been so crazy because I think like most of us, especially in the hospitality industry, when COVID first came about back in March of last year, I was originally furloughed until May. So I kind of looked at it as, oh, I get this nice little vacation i've been going since you know january of 2019 like non-stop we've just been crazy pumping out events going to all of these networking events because i was you know back in the new york market which i had been out of for 10 years so just meeting all of these different people in the events industry meeting all these different vendors that i could utilize for my events so that was another component of my job. So when they said, okay, you know, 
all of these travel restrictions have been implemented. All of these events have now canceled. So obviously as an event manager for, you know, business needs, we're just gonna, you know, we're gonna furlough you. So basically you're on a temporary layoff for the next six weeks. So I said, okay, great. A little vacation. A little vacation. vacation. What am I going to do now for the next six weeks? You know, it's March in New York, springtime, beautiful weather. I get to sit outside. The weather's gorgeous. Why not? I'll take advantage of this. And then as more and more things started to transpire, restaurants are closing. Hotels are closing temporarily, some permanently. That's when it kind of started to settle in where it's like, maybe I won't be going back in May. Oh my goodness, what do, what do I do? So right about the week before I was scheduled to come back, I get the phone call from my HR director and she says, okay, we're extending your furlough until June. Mm-hmm. I said, okay. And I had conversations with different people throughout the industry and everybody kind of had the, the same thought process. No, the summer, the summer, everything's gonna be fine. Don't worry, take advantage of the time off. How often do you get time off as an event manager, especially for this amount of time? And you're not having to answer emails. You're not having to basically plan events while you're on vacation and just take advantage of this free time. So I said, okay, that's what I'm gonna do. And that's, during that time was when I connected with Debbie. And she said, I have this great opportunity. It's something that I've been working on. I think you have great experience being on not only the hotel side, but also the event manager side. So you're kind of like the best of both worlds where you're somebody that would utilize it as a resource, but you're also on the supplier side, which is who we're trying to get to sign up for this website. And I thought, sure, what else am I doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm taking, you know, a little certification class for hospitality management through FAU that I had seen posted on LinkedIn. I was like, why not? What else am I doing? I'm just gonna, you know, take advantage of all these opportunities while they're available. Totally. And then I actually saw on the news before I got contacted from my property about the headline was 80% of Marriott employees on furlough until October 2nd. And I went, oh my God. October. October? Yeah. I'm like, and this is May. So I said, okay. So my boss would be texting me periodically, just kind of like check-ins. Hey, how are you doing? Hey, is everybody okay? Everybody healthy, family healthy? And I said, yeah, we're fine. And she's first thing she says, she says, I know there's been some information broadcasted on the news. Wait until you receive further direction from myself or from HR. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know me. I said, yeah, I see things on the news, but until, you know, until I hear it straight from the horse's mouth, I'm not, I'm not holding any confidence to what is being broadcasted on the news because they can say that, but is that, corporate people, you know, what level of employees is that? Is that at the property level? Is that at the corporate level? There was not really too much. It was such a, it was such a broad umbrella that they said, it's like, well, does it affect me though? Like how does it affect Exactly, exactly. Does it affect me? And if it does, how much is this going to affect me? 
And then that was about a week later, we got an invitation for a team phone call and it was every single manager at my hotel on this phone call. And that's when everybody got extended until October all at the same time. So that was like heartbreaking. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to be doing for the next five months at this point, right? And still in my head, I'm still thinking I'm going back in October. I said, this is a lot longer than I anticipated, but October, I'm holding out I'll hope. find things to do to keep myself busy. Meanwhile, Chris has been working throughout this entire thing. He's been going into the office every day. So Chris was still working this entire time? Chris has still been working this entire time, going into the office every day because his company is the third party food and beverage company that supports NBC. So while all of the news is being broadcasted, he's there feeding all of the news broadcasters, feeding all of the Saturday Night Live cast and all of these other late night shows that are still running during this whole pandemic. So I was like, okay, I said, well, you know, he's food and beverage and he's still working, so it can't be that bad, like at some point. <laughs> At some point. I mean, really, that's, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly like surprised that he continued to work. I was wondering about that. Like those, I guess those entities are still, like you said, broadcasting, they're still running. Somebody needs to feed them. So he, he, he basically uh, handles like the catering for those production yep. companies. Yeah. Okay. So he handles the catering for all of those wow. production companies. So as long as there was somebody physically in the building as an NBC employee, their operation was still going. They started operating at a much more limited capacity because as the restrictions started getting stronger and the regulations started getting stricter, they were then limited to the amount of people that were allowed in the entire building. So his operation completely changed throughout this whole process. So that was when I kind of took a step back and I was like, okay, if I can't ever go back into hospitality, if live events are not going to be a thing anymore, what else can I do? What else am I good at? What else do I enjoy doing? But it also has to be something that also brings in some sort of income. Yeah, so yeah. I started with the crafting stuff in about October of last year. And it was kind of just on a whim where I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm going to make my nieces some Halloween goodie bags because they can't go trick or treating. And I don't want them to feel like this Halloween is any different than any other Halloween that there is. So yeah. I made them these like custom little tote bags that had their names on it. And I ended up posting them on Instagram just as like, a, hey, like, you know, these are for my nieces. Hope this Halloween isn't too different from, you know, any that you've had before. And mm -hmm. people saw it. So I started getting people that were like, hey, can you make this for my friend? Hey, my girlfriend has like eight nieces. Can you make me like eight of these? And then I started getting questions about what else can you do? Well, you can do this. Can you do t-shirts? Can you do blankets? Can you do? And I was like, well, I've never done anything like that before, but 
why not? Why not try I it feel out? Like, and, but I remember when we worked together, like you always had the cricket. Yeah. You were always doing some sort of crafting project. I remember at the time you were doing like glassware, yeah. like almost, was it etching yeah. on the glassware or was it? Yeah, yeah right. Doing so the etching for the glasses. So I was like, I already know how to use the cricket to make like the stencils and the images and yes. things like that. So I just started going on YouTube and watching different how-to videos and following different crafters that were posting these yeah. different tutorials. And I was like, you know what? I was in Joanne's, I was in Michael's, I was, you know, let me give it a shot, see what happens yeah. and then yeah. go from there. So that's kind of what I started doing. And then before I know it, I have a friend that's like, hey, I'm going on this ski trip with like eight other people and we want the shirts that I sent you the pictures of. So we want I, shirts yeah, yeah, for yeah. all of the guys and the girls. Okay, what, what do you want the shirts to say? What kind of theme do, you know, obviously it's a ski theme, but you know, what are we looking at? You know, sent me everything that she wanted included on the shirts. I came up with the design before I printed the design. I sent it to her, I said, hey, what do you think? She goes, oh my God, I love it made the first shirt, took a picture of it, sent it to her. What do you think? She goes, that's perfect. So then all of a sudden I'm like, you know, blasting out 10 other shirts. And then she had a friend that then called me and was like, it's my boyfriend's 30th birthday. Courtney said that yeah. you can make these t-shirts. Can you make me t-shirts for his birthday? And I said, sure. What would you like on the t-shirts? And she says, well, I have pictures of him from the time he was in grade school all the way up to his college graduation. And I wanted to do one shirt with each picture that was a progression of his life. Is that oh something God. you can do? And at that point I had just started doing research on how to do this. So I'm like, Sure, I can do that. Why not? My husband, of course. you are crazy. Like you've never done this before. This girl is like, it's for her boyfriend's 30th birthday. And I was like, listen, I'll figure it out. I was going to say, I'll yeah, there's enough out there out. on YouTube. You will, you will figure yep. it out. But yeah, I could yep. do it. Sure yep. thing. I can do it. Why it's not? like, you know, figure it, like say yes and then figure it out. So that's pretty much yeah. what yeah. I did. Um, there was some trial and error in the midst of making her shirts, but nobody's, you know, know, it's okay. It was like, okay. It was like, <laughs> I figured out what I was doing wrong. I was Googling, you know, Hey, this is what's happening. The picture's not coming out right. I have a line going through the center of it. And there's all of these forms out there where people are, yes, your temperature on the heat press is too hot. You're leaving it in the press for too long. The pressure is too heavy. Okay, adjust, adjust, adjust. Oh, look, now I made this perfect shirt and now I'm just gonna use this and go through with the other 10 that I need to make for her. Yeah, so it's trial and error. You figure it out along the way. And listen, there's enough out there. The information that's on the internet is invaluable. I mean, you could just search any question at all, anything, you know, troubleshooting on anything. Somebody has already asked that question and has already answered that question. Right. And so you just, you got to know where to look and, and you figured it out. So yeah. this business is though mainly through word of mouth right now. Like you are doing, you're not on Etsy or any of the other shops right now. No, none of the other shops right now. I'm kind of trying to take advantage of as many of the free resources that are out there as possible. Um, but I've also come to find out that 
it's not as easy to set up an Etsy page as people think. It, exactly. There's a very strict algorithm that goes into setting up this Etsy page, right? Because you have how many millions of people on Etsy? So how do you get traffic to go to your specific page? Right. Because I thought the same thing when I was like, oh, I'll just put up an Etsy page. I'll throw up some pictures. It's not and, as easy as And you it's think. not that easy. Hmm. So there's been studies that have been done to show what keywords people look for, what time of the day they're typically on the site, certain pictures that either deter them from your site or encourage them to come and look at more. So then I also realized, I said, well, if I need to take pictures of things that haven't been ordered yet, obviously there's a cost associated with that. Right, like so your I samples? Samples. Mm -hmm. So then when I started doing a, a little bit more research, I found people aren't doing that and that's not how they're getting their product up on Etsy. They're using things like Photoshop and Canva and all of these different computer programs to make mock-ups yeah. where they take pictures of a blank t-shirt and then they use these programs to put whatever design they're going to feature for the week or for the month or for whatever holiday is. And those are the images that get uploaded onto their Etsy page. This way they're not out of pocket the cost for all of these materials. Mm -hmm. And if nobody orders them, then, then they don't have an inventory of t-shirts, you know, sitting in their basement or sitting in their garage. And now they're going, oh my God, I just spent all this money and all this time making all of these and now nobody's bought them. Yeah. And Valentine's Day is over or St. Patrick's Day is over or Christmas is over. So now I have to wait until next year when those holidays come around yeah. to try to feature these items again. Well, and that's just it. Then they're sitting on all this inventory and if it was dated by any means, if it said like, you know, 2021 or whatever right. year, like then it's, I always think about um, like the Super Bowl. They always, you know, they have those t-shirts ready to go for both teams, to, to, doesn't matter who wins, they made both yeah. of them so they're ready, right? Yeah. So like the losing team, what do they do with all those shirts? All those shirts, What yeah. do they do? Where do they go? What a waste. Exactly. For a, for a business owner like yourself, a small business like this, it's like you can't, that's not realistic to like sit on all that. So with these programs, then you're able to um, make up or what do you say? Mock up. Mock up. Yeah. You can, you can do that. And that's, that's perfect. I mean, it yeah. shows exactly what it will look like. And then for you as like the, are you considered an artist, right? Like you're the artist creating this? I mean, I guess so. So it's funny because I don't draw. I cannot draw to save my life. I'm like that person where I'm like going to like the paint and stuff and I'm like, is this where I'm supposed to, is yeah. this the right place where I'm supposed to put this color? <laughs> I by no means had an artistic bone in my body when it comes to that aspect, but I love the creating portion of it. So I can take a design and modify it to make it my own and then print it out using the Cricut and put it on a t-shirt for somebody. And I love doing that. But if you were to hand me a blank piece of paper and say, you know, draw me a dog, draw me a cat, draw me whatever, I'd look at you and say, ah. Uh, yeah, same. 
Isn't that the truth? But I can use, I use Canva for, for my business as well. And I find it remarkable. I mean, it's yeah. so easy to use. Um, I haven't used it in the capacity you're using it for necessarily, but the program itself, I mean, it's amazing how far technology has come that it's made it so easy to to do this, these sort of like graphic design, you know, yeah. works of art, if you will, like these different marketing campaigns and, and things like that, that you just otherwise I would never have been able to do. And so I didn't even know that there was something like that out there. I didn't mm -hmm. even know that there, that this was something that existed until I started following these different crafting influencers and I started joining different crafting Facebook groups where people are able to post their work, ask for people's feedback. You know, do you like it? What would you change about it? How much would you pay for something like this? So oh, I know yeah. how to price it. Yeah. And just getting feedback from other people that are in that same realm and then using it as to their advantage to be able to help them with their business. And it's amazing the communities that are out there and how much people don't look at you as a competition. People look at you as this is somebody that I wanna help because I remember when I was first starting out and I had all these questions and I had no idea what I was doing and I was just throwing money down the drain because I didn't know all of these things and I didn't have a place where I could go and ask these questions. And I mean, if I post a question, I'm not kidding, within 15 minutes, I'm getting a response. That's amazing. These it people really are so active and so willing to help. I've had people that say, if you wanna hop on a Zoom, I'm more than happy to walk you through step-by-step step and show you how I do it and show you the settings that I use on my machines and the things that have worked for me. And just so, welcoming yeah that's amazing to help. well incredible. that's that's just it people like you know you, i love that you point out they're not necessarily your competition they want to help you succeed and grow because they have gone through the same turmoils and, and tribulations and trials that you're going through right now starting out and so they want to help they want to be a resource to you and that's i mean those facebook groups are like probably one of my favorite features that in the marketplace yes that those two features on Facebook are my favorite part of Facebook before yeah. you know you know we would use it for sharing pictures amongst you know family friends whatever but almost now I don't even look at, that's not necessarily what's coming up in my news feed anymore it's literally like the groups that I'm in and then the marketplace like to find you know and sell items but it's it's really interesting that you know it's it's a nice community that you found there it must be it, it is and and it's funny because I feel like Facebook has evolved so much from what it was originally meant to be. And I think once they came out with Instagram and they saw more so that people were using Instagram for the social aspect, that they said, okay, we have to do something else that is going to entice people to continue to use Facebook. And it's amazing the things that I have been able to find on Facebook between the different community groups, Facebook Marketplace, how people utilize it almost as their own marketplace so they don't have to create a website, they don't have to open up an Etsy page. And if I've noticed too, if you don't put your items for shipping, 
it really opens you up to your local community because it's only showing listings to people that are within like a 20 mile radius of your location. So that was what I was noticing more and more that people that I was not offering, you know, items that I wasn't offering shipping on, I was meeting teachers at my local high school. I was meeting firemen from the local fire department. And it was such a nice feeling to be like, wow, you know, I helped you in some sort of way, but you are helping so many people. And now I've gotten to meet you. I've gotten to build this relationship with you. And now we're like a little family in our little town. Yeah, that's a great point. It's really interesting because I've done that myself where I turn off the shipping feature to search for items because when you search for items, I don't know, there's different filters you can select from. And when it's when you say shipping, it's like literally, you know, it's as if I'm on Amazon versus when I'm on when I do like a local search. It's people like you who are producing things like this. And and I'd rather especially I always felt this way, but even more so these days, I always felt um, I'm, I'm drawn more to helping small businesses these days because I, now I'm one of them, right? And you want to support local business and, you know, making it easier for those mom and pop shops and those, you know, small um, entrepreneurs like yourself. Like, those are the types of relationships that I want to foster as well. And so getting to, to help them, you know, and to, to whatever it is that you're producing for them, like whether, you know, it's a t-shirt or a mug or a glass or whatever it is, like it's commemorating something in their life that's important to them. And uh, you're facilitating that, which is really, really beautiful. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not agree more. And I try to do the same thing when I'm looking for certain things. I've kind of geared away a little bit from Amazon. You know, there's certain things that I will order from there. If it's something I just need like super fast or if it's super simple, but any of those special gifts or curated items, that's where I find myself looking more on Facebook Marketplace because that's why I say I want to help that mom that's been at home for the past, you know, six months working out of her office, also homeschooling, also cooking, also doing, you know, that even though it's only $30, like that's, that's $30 that she could go and like buy pizza for one night. Or, you know, if for me, it, it has a bigger impact, maybe on a smaller scale, but you know, if I'm buying all these things on Amazon, they're just like, Oh, another customer oh that's our millionth order for the day or it's yeah. not it's not as meaningful yeah i watched a video i don't know where it was i found it but um it, i think it went viral you might have seen it too there was a video of like a shop and it was a camera of like the two women behind the counter and then the customer leaving and as soon as she left the two of them ducked down under the counter and did like a happy dance and like high-fiving each other like this is what happens when you buy from a small business because there are real people and like you you like you said if you go to like amazon or any of these big box stores you're just like another order to them what's the difference so it, it it's more impactful and meaningful when you buy from somebody who's like yourself you know a real person <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. and it's somebody that i feel like puts their heart and soul into whatever it is that they're making too mm-hmm. so they want to make sure that it's perfect 
Yep. And I had purchased, um, I don't know if you've seen, they're like these little book stacks that people that have been making and then they can stamp different names or different sayings on the, on the binds of the book. So you can have it say like, love you to the moon and back or, oh, you know, cool. happy birthday with the person's name on it. So I had bought that from somebody on Facebook Marketplace and she had it wrapped in like this beautiful wrapping paper. You know, I picked it up on her front porch, but you could tell that there was a lot of care that went into producing this product. Yeah. So I messaged her after I received it. I said, I just have to tell you, I absolutely love what you made. Not only do I love the product that you made, but the way that you packaged it, you could tell there was a lot of thought that went into this. Is there anywhere that I can leave you a review or recommend you or anything? And she was like, oh my God, that would be fantastic. Please send me a review here. Cause you know that sometimes people are hesitant to ask for that, but when they're trying to attract other buyers, people look for those types of oh things. Oh my God, a thousand so percent. I wrote Absolutely. this review on her about, you know, oh, I had purchased an item from Cassie. She was absolutely wonderful to work with. She made great recommendations. She made the pickup very easy. The way that she packaged the product was so beautiful. If anybody's looking for a custom gift, I highly recommend her. And she saw the review and she was like, thank you so much. If there's anything that I can do to, you know, cross promote you, I will definitely let you know because that's also what it's all about everybody want you're supporting me I want to support you what do you do how can I help you how can I support you how can I make it better and especially with everything that we're going through it's like that little bit of positivity that you're able to shine on somebody really means a lot to them oh, I couldn't agree more that's beautiful and like it's it literally takes what five minutes for you to have not only asked her like where can I put this but then to write that review and that goes miles. I mean, that that is so meaningful and so impactful for her business because you're absolutely right. Like people are looking at the reviews. Like you, I mean, I am 100% that person on Amazon. If it has like, I mean, literally like it has to have like a thousand reviews before I even like necessarily purchase it. Yeah. And then you look at those reviews and what are people saying? And you kind of filter through what are the number, like if somebody gives it one out of five stars, if they give it a three, Okay, well that's kind of middle of the road. What were what was your general feedback? But those reviews are so so important. It really really um, determines whether or not somebody buys that product or not. And especially for small businesses, it can really make or break their business because you get that one bad review because everything's in chronological order. If you get that one bad review and that's when people just happen to be signing on to your website or your Facebook page and that's the first thing that they see okay. and it may just be a fluke, you never know, you know, what could happen. You see all these five star reviews and then all of a sudden you see this one star review. You're like, well, why did this person give this one star review? And typically those one star reviews are pages and pages and pages long just tearing these people apart exactly yeah. and and you think somebody sees that and most people aren't going to scroll past that they're going to say oh my god look at this terrible experience that this person had. i don't want to take that chance there's 500 other options out there that i can get this same product 
I'm not even going to look any further on this person's site. Yeah, yeah. One negative review really does like put a put a halt to all of that, you know. And and so, what do you say to that? What are, like your strategies? Is it all from word of mouth? And when you have like a good experience, you like are putting a review on on social media or on Google reviews or whatever. Like, how are you? Um, so for me, typically, yeah. typically what I like to do, I like to call them action shots. So um, like my friend, for example, that had ordered all the Halloween bags for his girlfriend's nieces and nephews, sent me pictures of his nieces and nephews in their Halloween costumes, holding the Halloween bags. So I posted on, you know, my Instagram story and I said, this is exactly what it's all about. This is why I love doing this. Look at how happy these kids are. Look at the smiles on their faces. They're so excited to go and just fill these bags full of candy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This is exactly why I do this. Yes, I enjoy doing it, but it's almost the same thing as planning events. You love to see people's reaction and you love to see their positive reaction and how happy they are and how surprised they are. And just that emotion really is what it's all about for me. I love seeing that, you know, same thing with my girlfriend that I made the t-shirts for, for the ski trip. She sent me the pictures and I'm like, look at how happy they are and look how good they look in those shirts it's just yeah yeah it's really true and the fact is you enjoy producing it you enjoy like all of the time and effort it takes and you're getting better i'm sure each day like putting together all the designs and stuff but the most important and you know maybe the what the real draw of it is for you is the reaction that you're getting and the like you know the happiness that you see on your customers faces and wearing or enjoying something that you've made for them Absolutely. Like give you an example. So the one girl who I had made the t-shirts for, for her boyfriend's 30th birthday, I mailed them out the first week of December. And up here, we were having major, major issues with the mail. For some reason, there was just a huge delay in mm. mail service. And they kind of attested it to the fact that there was so much online ordering going on because of the stay at home orders, because of all the restrictions for restaurants, that people didn't feel comfortable going into the supermarket. So they were ordering a lot of their food online to have it delivered for the house. And the post office could just not keep up with the demand that they were receiving for all of this incoming and outgoing mail. So when I mailed out her shirts, I mailed them out about a week and a half before I knew she needed them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm tracking them, I'm tracking them, I'm tracking them. And I'm like, okay, I said, it says that it left my local post office but then there was no other check-in points between, and they were going to Ohio. So I'm coming from New Jersey to Ohio. So I said, well, that's weird. I said, because it says in transit and it's not like a direct flight. It has to stop somewhere along the way, maybe in Pennsylvania or somewhere. And usually that's how I can gauge as to about when they're gonna make it to the final destination. And I would contact, you know, the customer and say, hey, I just tracked your package, it's already in Pennsylvania, looks like it's gonna be there, you know, in two days. And none of that was happening. So mm -hmm. 
Mm -mm. I'm on the phone with the post office. I'm like, what is going on? I mailed this out a week ago. There hasn't been any checkpoints between my post office and the destination that it's going to. Yeah, it just like disappeared. Is, yeah, is my package lost? I said, that's, that's, I, I, that's what I need to know is, is my package lost? And they say, no, no, it's still listed as in transit. So as long as it's listed as in transit and it's in the system, it is not lost. So I said, okay. So without any hesitation, I reached out to the girl who ordered the t-shirts. I said, I don't know if you've been tracking the package or not, but I want you to know I'm on top of this. I've already been on the phone with the post office. And she goes, oh my God. She says, you read my mind. She says, I tracked the package and I saw that it didn't have any check-in points other than the fact that it had left your local post office mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So in the midst of all of this we have this massive snowstorm that comes mm -hmm. through <laughs> and i'm going oh my god now this is just gonna delay things even more yeah. so she goes on to the post office website she fills out a claim as the recipient of the package saying i think that this package has been lost i want this taken care of from the post office I filled out another claim as the sender saying, I think this package is lost. I want compensation for this and I want this taken care of. So it was, you know, mm -hmm. between the two claims, me on the phone with them, she was on the phone with them too, but she said she didn't get anywhere on the phone. And I said, okay, I said, when do you, when is the absolute latest that these can get to you and still make it by the time you have this party set up for your boyfriend's birthday. She says, Friday, and this is Tuesday. So I said, okay, I still have a few days. Let me just see what I can do. And I'm like a crazy person every day on that tracking and I'm going, oh refresh, 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 refresh. <laughs> get on the phone with the post office again. And I said, is there any way for you to tell me where this package is. I said, because at this point, I'm ready to get in my car, drive to wherever this package is and hand deliver it to this person. So oh this God. way she gets it in time. And they said, no, I'm sorry. There's no way. There's no way for us to know because it hasn't been checked in anywhere else. So they have no idea where this they package have is. No idea of where this package is. Aye, aye, aye. So I'm still com in communication with her. I said, hey, I said, I just got off the phone with the post office again. I said, unfortunately, they're not able to um, tell me where the package is. So I'm not able to go and retrieve it and bring it to you. What can I do? What else can I do to help? I don't want this to ruin your boyfriend's birthday. I know you were really excited about this. What else can I do? And she says, well, can you send me the design files? So if anything, maybe I can source locally and have somebody make the t-shirts here. I said, absolutely. I said, I will send them to you right now. So immediately I'm on the computer putting together the zip drive for her so I can send this file and she gets everything. I said, so I said, you can send this to anybody that you want. They should easily be able to recreate what I created because everything's formatted, sized, everything perfectly. Don't worry about it. If you end up getting the shirts, I'll refund you your money. 
and you can keep them. I said, because I, I, I live by my promise. I said, yeah, they were supposed to get to you by a certain day. Granted, this is out of my control. It's still, it's not an excuse. I said, so whatever you need to do. She was not able to source because of the big snowstorm that we had. The package ended up getting delivered the morning of her boyfriend's birthday party. Oh God, I have chills. That's like so, so special. Like, thank God I got there. So special. And I get a text from her Thursday night and she goes, I just got an alert that the package has been delivered to our local post office. Yay. And I literally <laughs> slumped in my chair, took a big sigh of relief. And she's like, I have to tell you, you have been amazing. Because yeah, the fact that you were on top of this before I even contacted you, I'm mind boggled. She says, there is very few places that will do that. And I said, listen, I said, most people will think once they drop it in the mail, their job is done. I yep. said, I my job is not done until that product is in your hand and you are happy with it. That is when my job is done. So then she was sending me pictures of all of them wearing the shirts. She had the shirts like hung up in her dining room before everybody arrived as like part of like the de- like the decoration, the birthday decorations. And then everybody came over and like pulled one shirt off and put it on as they arrived. And I was like, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. And she was like, you literally have a customer for life from me. She says, because the customer service that you provided is, was so set the bar for my expectations from anybody I ordered moving forward. Oh yeah, like a thousand percent. You, you set that bar way high, way high. And like, that's just it. I mean, where do you, where do you attribute that customer service? I know you, you know, you and I both worked for Marriott for a long while. Like, where'd you learn that, that business acumen that, that's uh, so important to you? You know what? I think it's it's come up just from even like back to kindergarten, right? Like treat others how you want to be treated. And I mm. even take that and kind of translate it into a business acumen. If I was a customer that was waiting for something for my husband's birthday that was super special and then... I'm trying to get a hold of this company. I'm on, we've all been there. We've all been on the customer service line on hold for an hour, an hour and a half. Then you get somebody, they transfer you somewhere else. You get on put on hold again. It's a very aggravating process. And that Absolutely. is not the type of service that I would want to receive. So it's not the type of service that I'm going to provide to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. I love that. You treat others how you want to be treated. Like, duh. That's just like a a good way to live your life. Just always. Right. You don't get anywhere being negative. You don't get anywhere being mean. So what's the point? What is the point? So, you know, I mean, I always say I, I loved my job. I absolutely loved my job. I loved what I did. I loved the hotel that I was in. I loved the people that I worked with. And after my position got eliminated i took about a week to like grieve and then i finally kind of like dusted myself off picked myself up and i said okay everything that is happening is out of your control being negative sulking being sad is not going to do anything so now what's the game plan what are we gonna do how are you gonna get better 
what's your next step? And I kind of just took it one thing at a time. It was like, okay, I can do the craft thing. I have some people that I know that I can reach out to that would probably buy a few items for me that can recommend me to other people. And I just kind of started building that ladder. And then it's like almost like an epiphany where it was like, oh, well, I can do this with that. And then, oh, if I learned how to do that, I can also do this. And I slowly started realizing all of the possibilities that were literally right in front of me the entire time. And having a full-time job didn't allow me to tap into those potentials and tap into those possibilities because we're just so busy going all the time. I was commuting into the city every day, working 12-hour days, like literally coming home, eating dinner, going to bed, get up and do it all over again. So you get into that routine and you kind of don't get the chance to just stop and say, there's other things out there. There's other things that I can do. There's other things that I enjoy doing. And that is what COVID has taught me, is that take that opportunity, look at what you really love, look at what's important to you, and just start somewhere. You know, there, there's a saying out there that it says, progression, not perfection. Mm. And I think, especially coming from the hospitality world and especially being in events, everything was always in, in your mind, everything has to be perfect. The guest always has to be happy. Nothing can go wrong. If anything goes wrong, I have to fix it right away. And when you start looking at building your own business, you say, I just have to do it. I just have to start somewhere. I can tweak and I can change and I can grow along the way. But if I wait for all those tweaks and changes to be absolutely perfect, I'm always gonna have an excuse to not do it. Yeah, it's so true because I, I am right there with you. I like, I never realized how much of a perfectionist I was until I started doing this podcast. And it's, it's become more and more clear to me that the reason I've become such a perfectionist is because I really care about it. Um, and I think if you care about something, then you want it to be perfect, of course, but I'm never gonna get to that level of perfection if I don't just start and just do it, right? Like I have to just get in the habit of doing it and learn along the way of all the different things that I, I need to tweak and change, but I just needed to start, right? And I think that people, that that is the first, of course, like <laughs> starting is the first step and it's also the hardest, it's the hardest part is getting that, that lift off. And um, you don't necessarily need to be perfect in order to start, you just need to start and you learn along the way. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really good takeaway from everything that you've been doing this year. And, and uh, it is. And, you know, and I kind of thought about it even in like in like a fitness aspect. Right. So you're not going to go out. And if you haven't run in two years, you're not going to go out and run five miles the first time you run. You're going right. to run maybe a quarter mile, maybe a half a mile, like, you know, depending on your level of fitness. But you're not just going to go out there and just run a marathon right off the bat. You're going to say, oh, I'm going to sign up for 26 miles and I'm just going to run and I'm not going to stop. Like, no, like there's training that goes into it. There's progression right. that goes into it. There's that muscle building. There's so many different things. But like you said, like if your goal is to run a marathon and you don't start somewhere, you're never going to get to that point. It may take you two years to get to the point where you feel comfortable saying, okay, I can go 26 miles without stopping. 
but you started somewhere and it may have been five minutes on a treadmill. It may have been a walk around the block. It may have been something so small, but then looking back, you go, wow, if I had never taken that walk around the block and I had never taken that first step, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. It really is so true. And like, the, it, it's almost, you can become your own inspiration when you look back to where you started and you're like, damn, I really have come pretty far. You know, I started with nothing and now I'm here. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's a testament to like, you know, your, your will and your stamina, especially when, you know, you, you really don't know where necessarily like you want it to go, but you just kind of get started and you'll see where it takes you. But you got to start somewhere. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. And so for you, where are you finding this inspiration? Like the next step and the next step, like where are you, 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 you keep going each day, but where, where are you drawing the inspiration from? You know, I kind of, I kind of draw it from a couple of different places. Um, I kind of draw it, believe it or not, a lot from like inside jokes that I have with my friends, um, yeah. different like experiences in my family. Um, you know, things that you think like, I'm just gonna kind of like throw this out there and see how people react. Are people gonna think it's funny? Are people gonna think it's offensive? Are people gonna, you know, get, be taken back by it? Are they going to love it? Are they, you know, so it kind of just comes from all different places. I mean, I'll see a commercial sometimes and I'll say, wow, that was a really inspirational thing that they said on that commercial. I think that should be a coffee mug because I would wake up in the morning, I would fill that cup with coffee and I would be like, I'm ready to start my day. Yeah. And, you know, so I just have this little notebook that I write down these little things that, you know, come into my mind every now and then. And I send them to different friends and I'm like, what do you think about this? Do you like this? You know, or what do you yeah, think? Yeah. Do you like that? You know, a lot of my, a lot of my friends are dog moms. So a lot of it comes from that. Um, <laughs> you know, they're kind of like kitschy. So we have a lot of like inside jokes that, you know, for certain holidays that things come in. Like, so one of the things that I came up with for like St. Patrick's Day was um, Irish today, hungover tomorrow. Uh, you know, something that is like, you know, it makes somebody laugh, but they're like not super offended by it. But you're like, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what St. Patrick's Day is all about. So, you know, absolutely. And, you know, that's just funny. perusing on different websites on, you know, on Amazon, on Etsy, seeing what other people have kind of come up with and draw from from their inspiration as, as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, my girlfriend sometimes will send me stuff that she's found and she'll say, hey, can you make this for me? So like the latest one that she sent me, she's single. So the latest one that she sent me, she, she wants a set of kitchen towels and she wants the kitchen towels to say, don't worry dishes, I'm not getting done tonight either. So oh God, <laughs> I was wondering where this was going. <laughs> So it's just little things like, you know, yeah. different things like that. And then like, you know, she'll send me some stuff and, and I, I'll draw inspiration back. Cause I'm like, oh, that's really funny. What about this? What about that? And kind yeah. of, you know, switch up the way that it's worded. And, and make it your own. You know, and we just laugh and we just laugh about it. And I say, you know what, if it makes you laugh, if it makes me laugh, it's going, it's going somewhere. It's going on a t-shirt, it's going on a coffee mug, it's going somewhere because I want somebody else to walk into your house and go, that's really funny. And then yeah. you can say, oh yeah, my friend made it for me. 
Yeah, yeah, dude. So where do you see this going? I mean, you have your hand in many different pots right now, right? So like, what is your, how are you trying, how are you like staying organized and like figuring out where which path you want to really dive deep into? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I kind of enjoy doing a little bit of everything. I feel like it keeps me busy. It keeps me on my toes. I'm learning so many different things. So. I pretty much schedule my entire day. That's what it comes down to because I feel like if I schedule my entire day, it holds me accountable. And obviously things need to change throughout the day sometimes, but I can always go back and say, okay, I blocked off an hour to take this class. I didn't take that class. So you know what? Now that hour gets moved somewhere else but I always make sure that I look at my day and I say, okay, what do I have going on and where can I fill in the gaps? Okay, I have, you know, sales calls scheduled at 11.30, 2.30 and four o'clock. So now in between that, you know, by the time that first call is done at 12.30 and that next call is not scheduled until two, what am I doing for that hour and a half? And I'm like scheduling myself an, a half hour for lunch, an hour for a shower, <laughs> Like, yeah, it's crazy the things I started taking a Pilates class at the gym. So I scheduled that's like really that's for me to kind of escape for everything else that's going on because I said, okay, mm -hmm. there's so many things that I'm doing that I'm constantly utilizing my brain for. I need something that is going to allow me to not think of anything that I'm working on. Take that hour just for myself and re-energize and refocus. So the class aspect was perfect for me because I can schedule the class at a certain time each day and I can work it around my schedule. But I know for that hour, I'm in the gym doing that class and there is nothing else that is getting scheduled for that hour. That's actually perfect because then it's like, because you're in so many different things and you're going throughout your day so busy, like back to back to back with, a, you know, appointments and, and things to do, like to turn your brain off and to know that you have an hour where you don't have to think about any of that and you're simply there. And to be honest, that's probably, I don't know about you, but when I'm doing something like physical, I tend to have my like most creative moments mm -hmm. i don't know i seem to come up with the best ideas in those times it's almost you know similarly when i'm driving or taking a shower when you're like mind is just free and and think just about a bunch of nothing yeah. right that's when sometimes the most clarity comes um and so for you that has been that hour of pilates where you can just simply turn your mind off and allow your brain to take a rest and, and then put your your body to work yeah Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And then it's like you said, and then it's usually like I'm on my way home from the gym. I mean, it's a half an hour, a uh, half a mile down the road from my house. So it's <laughs> literally a two minute drive. And it's like, I'm on my way home. And all of a sudden you have like one of those aha moments. And as yep. soon as I'm walking in the door, I'm writing down whatever it was that I thought of, because we all know, even when you're in an office, when we were working full time, you're having lunch and you're thinking about everything that you've already done that day, everything else you have coming up that day. And even though you're on your lunch break, you're really not on a break. You're just kind of reorganizing yourself for the next task that needs to be completed. So it was like, I felt like the gym was the perfect outlet for me because I can't answer my phone. 
I can't respond to emails. I'm not in a space that people can contact me. And mm-hmm. that was the biggest benefit. I was like, oh my God, I have a locker. <laughs> I yes. can put any any source of, you know, communication yeah people can reach out to me is locked up in that locker for For that one hour yep yep and that's really i mean i'm sure just having that is like a a relief almost in a way that like you know for that one hour you cannot be contacted and that you know the world will still go on like nothing will happen and you know it'll be just fine when i come back to you in an hour exactly yeah, I've um, started working late at night, so I put Ollie to sleep, and then like you know, even I'll put Mark to sleep. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. I put my one baby to sleep, and then I put my two, my second baby to sleep, and you know, and then I get back to work at like you know nine o'clock at night, and I've been staying up until like two thirty in the morning. And I, it took a few times me doing this, like why am I working in the middle of the night? But it's because no one, there's no other distractions right. during the evening hours, right? No one else is, no one's gonna like call me at 11 o'clock at night. No one's gonna, I mean, I, you know, funny enough, actually though, I was texting with people at like midnight, 1230. I'm like, what? who's up at this time of night? Like, I, apparently people are, but I'm not one, I was used to going to sleep at like nine o'clock, but I'm finding I'm more productive in the evening hours than I am during the day, because during the day, there's just so many distractions. And for me, that's been the hardest struggle, like my biggest struggle from working from home now, because we were always in an office, you know, before this. And so you were away from the house. And and now that I'm here all the time, there's just so many distractions. There's always laundry to be done. There's always dishes to be done. So really, I love that. Like trying to schedule your entire day so that you know every single hour, you know what you need to be doing. Yeah. And it's it, you keep productive that way and, and going that way. I like that. I'm, I'm going to do that. It, yeah. and it's amazing because it, somebody else had told me to do that. And I was like, you're crazy. I'm not putting my whole day on a calendar. They're like, no, seriously, put your whole day on a calendar, including time to shower, time to eat lunch, time to do this, time to do that. And I started and I said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna try it and I'm gonna see. Because you know, not what works well for one person doesn't necessarily work well for everyone. And I found that when I was doing that, I knew exactly what I had coming up next. I knew exactly what I needed to prepare for. I knew exactly when I had some downtime. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I felt the distractions that are so easily around the house didn't really become distractions anymore because I knew, well, I have 15 minutes before I need to get on this call. I have, you know, 10 minutes before I need to go onto this next project. I have an hour slotted away from this, you know, to take this class. And you get so focused on the calendar portion that all of those other things kind of just become background noise and they don't really become the main distraction anymore because that was my biggest challenge. It was always like, oh my God, I need to go grocery shopping. Oh my God, I need to do laundry. Oh my God, I need to do, I need to clean the house. The house is a mess. I need to do this. I need to do that. And it's so easy to get distracted with all the things that you do have going on in the home that you can easily have your goals become the background noise. And that was what I wanted to prevent from happening. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, even if just like I, you know, write it down, then I know like, okay, I don't need to necessarily do the dishes right now. I know that at three o'clock I'm gonna have that, you know, in between time or whatever, and at that point I can I can tackle that. But um, but really, the scheduling the whole day I think is is definitely beneficial. It does just kind of give you a roadmap for the whole day, and like you said, things can change, and you know, different you know projects can maybe take more time or less time, exactly. and you might find yourself with you know a few extra minutes or something like that. So. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna try because mama can't stay up until 2.30 in the morning when baby's gonna be waking up at seven o'clock. You know what I'm well, saying? And that's the thing too, because then when you have that last thing on your calendar is completed, that's when your day is over. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I came to terms with because I was kind of in the same boat where I was like, oh, I could be making one more t-shirt. Oh, I could be making one more this. You could always you know, be, right? You can always be doing something and I'm like, it's nine, it's nine o'clock and I've been going at this since seven o'clock in the morning. I need to, I need to stop. I need to relax. I need to sit on the couch. I need to like watch TV, listen to music, whatever that outlet is just to kind of give you that break. So that's what I started doing. It was like, okay, last appointment is this is at this time. It's going to be done at this time. After that, no more, no more for today. And, and you have to stick to it and it's hard, but it works. it works. Yeah. No, I think I'm gonna give it a try. Like we were saying at the beginning of this call, I, I have like a notebook. I have, well, I have my calendar on my phone. I have my calendar for ingredients. I have my calendar for ketchup time. I have my like agenda. There's too many, it's all in too many different places, right? So I need to aggregate it all into like one spot in the most efficient way possible. And I'm still trying to figure it out. And, but you know, I think that's a good step. I was reading, or maybe I wasn't, no, it was a podcast that I was listening to with Matthew McConaughey, funny enough. He was saying that like, I think it was him. He was saying that he literally writes down like things that he's already done just so he can cross them off and feel like accomplished. <laughs> that like, <laughs> I, I've already done all these things, but look at what I've already done today. Now I can cross them off. I feel accomplished. It's like, you really almost need that like little bit of like push for yourself. I don't know. Little, right. little... Absolutely. I mean, and I, and I do the same thing too. Like, you know, I'll write down tasks that I have for the day, you know, like, okay, you know, I need to order 10 t-shirts, this many coffee mugs, you know, whatever the case is. I don't necessarily have a time slot for it, but then as I'm going through my calendar, I say, okay, I have that hour break between here and here. That's when I go to my to-do list. And that the yeah. things that aren't scheduled on the calendar are what gets, what fills in the gaps in that calendar. Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's good, that's good. I like that. So your to-do list, you just keep a list of like all your tasks that you have to do and things like random, random things that you random have to get things. done. Okay, and then in between all of your scheduled calendar appointments, and whether or not they're with another person like this call we scheduled or some other, you know, like a class that you're taking right. or something like that, that's when you fill in the time with those to-do to list items. Yeah. Okay, all right, very good, this is great. I hope someone else is gonna get something out of this because I know I am, this is this is perfect. I, you almost need to hear it from like someone else, like 
what their method is so that then I can try and apply it. And like you said, some things work for others that might not work for me, but I can at least try it. So I And I was never a calendar person. So anybody that's listening to this that says you're not a calendar person, I will tell you, you start using that calendar, you will become a calendar person. Cause I was, yeah. I was always fly by the seat of my pants, never had anything scheduled, nothing. And I realized how counterproductive it was not having that organization and not having that schedule that when this person told me, put everything on your calendar, so you know what, I'm gonna try it, I'm gonna see how I like it and if it works. And I I love it because it does yeah. keep me accountable. And even those things that I don't get to in my calendar, I know it's something that I have to go back to and I don't yep. forget about it. Yes, I'm all about lists. I have like, but the problem is with my list is that I have lists in 20 different places that I like, they need to all be aggregated into like one spot. So I've gotten better about that, but um, but yeah, I agree. If it's not on my calendar, if it's not in my notebook, if I haven't written it down somewhere, it's in one ear, not the other. I will forget about it. So knowing your strengths and weaknesses and then trying to like, you know, better those weaknesses, you know, we all have them, but there's only so much stuff that you can do in a day, but if you try and, you know, schedule it out. I mean, why not? So tell me what else is going on in your life? So I'm also taking a uh, virtual events certification class. Right. Okay. So tell me more about this. So that like, is that like the way where you see the future of events going? Is that they're really going to be this hybrid event style? I think that eventually live events will come back but I don't think the virtual component will ever go away because I think people have kind of come to the realization that by having that virtual component, there is no limitation on the amount of attendees that can come to your events anymore. You're not limited based on the size meeting space you're able to book, how many seats are in the stadium. You are not limited by any means anymore where your attendees are coming from. Mm -hmm. You can, you now have the ability to broadcast your event across the world to literally every single person in the world if you wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that live events will come back, but I always think that there will be a virtual component. And that's brand new territory for me. I've always worked on the supplier side. I've always worked in a convention center, in a hotel, in a restaurant in a physical space. So there was never any need for a virtual component. And even if there was, we had a whole nother team that would take care of those type of things. That's why we had an audio visual vendor. That's why we had a production team. That was why I would basically just go to them and say, okay, this client wants to host a meeting but they want the meeting to be able to bro be broadcasted to three different offices. One's in New York, one's in Chicago, one's in LA. And our AV team would go, okay. And that was pretty much the extent of involvement that I had yeah. on in that world. So now that they are looking more to the event managers to be the ones that create these virtual experiences, that was something that I was like, I, I need to dive into this and I need to get educated on it because I don't wanna be that person that's playing catch up at the end of the day when our industry does start to come back and I want to go in already having that knowledge and being able to hit the ground running.
Yeah. I mean, that's just it. I think that when we do return to whatever normal looks like and whenever that time frame is, right? People, when they're hiring, you know, when they're when they're going through their hiring, they're going to ask, what have you been doing during this COVID time? Have you just been sitting here waiting for your phone to ring for things to, you know, just magically reappear? Or have you been learning and growing and trying to figure out new ways and, and new opportunities? And um, and I think that there are these, you know, there are two different types of people that have come out of this. Folks that are really just, you know, gung-ho on, on staying the course. This is what I've always done. This is what will always be. And not wanting to pivot or change. And then there's people like you that are really taking this as an opportunity to grow and learn and expand your your skill set and um i think you should be very proud of everything that you've been doing during this time like you are most certainly taking advantage of your time i mean and in the beginning if it might have it might have felt like a vacation i i couldn't agree more like it was it was nice to have a little bit of a break but you quickly you dusted yourself off and you realized like no i gotta keep going and you know the industry may or may not bounce back but I can't wait forever and um, what else can I do what else can I do that brings me joy and happiness how can I fill my time and my days with things that I love and feel fulfilled in other ways so I just I think that what you've been doing through this whole time is just really inspirational and it's um it's really you should be proud of yourself so thank you well and it's funny too because I kind of also wanted to find things that would also be beneficial in my career in events. Yeah. And it was like, okay. And so it was like, you know, I enjoy doing these things. I love doing these things. I love, you know, being creative. But at the end of the day, pretty much everything that I've been doing can still translate into the events world in some way, shape or form. So if I need to continue on the path that I'm at with, you know, just the crafting and doing like the t-shirts and the mugs and Etsy and everything, great. I'm totally happy with that. But if events do come back, it's like one other skill set that I can add into my events career. Most certainly. It's really something actually, because I'm sure when you first started out, you know, at the beginning of March or middle of March, when this all started last year, you were like, okay, well, what do I like that I enjoy doing already that I can continue? And you probably, and I know for myself and included, I was looking at things, well, what am I already good at? What are things that, and skills that I already have that I have from my events career and my restaurant, you know, um, experience and things like that, that I can pivot and, and do it in a different way, but still utilize those same skill sets. And I think people, sometimes they put themselves like in this box and aren't able to think outside of that. Like what else can I be doing with, cause you know, you've always worked in hotels and events. Well, that's the only little box that I'm going to put myself in, but you realize, you start to realize like the more you dive into other industries, like all those traits and experiences can very easily be, you know, put into a different um, career path. Right. I, I found it's funny, like, you know, people in our shoes, you know, as event managers, sales managers, are you finding a lot of your friends are going gravitating towards real estate? It's very interesting. So real estate or um, like insurance sales or yeah. something, you know, in, in that realm, very heavily sales driven type of careers. But at the same time, 
the feedback that I've seen is that because it's such a different industry, they don't enjoy it nearly as much as they did being on the hospitality side. And that was a thing that I kind of dug a little bit deeper and I said, okay, I said, what is something that I can't live without? in whether it's in my personal life or it's in my professional life, what is one thing that I can't live without? And the thing that I kept circling back to was people. I love talking to people. I love being around people. I love making people happy. I said, so in this, you know, aspect of even with like the crafting, I get to talk to people to find out what exactly it is that they're looking for. What kind of occasion are they celebrating that these gifts are for, you know, getting down to being really personal with these people and making these custom gifts that represent them and then seeing how happy they are once they receive it. So that was the one thing that I kept circling back to. It was like every single job, career that I was like, okay, if I was going to leave hospitality, what would I do? And it was like, I just started thinking about it and I said, I can't be this person that is at a desk, on a computer, completely isolated. That's just not my personality. So it, I kept circling back to people. So I was like, what can I do that it is revolving around people? I love that. I'm the same exact way. You and I, and that's why we always got along. I mean, really, truly, like I, from the moment I met you, I knew that we would get along. Like we just, there's just something about like a person that, you know, we, we were able to connect on the fact that we could talk to a wall. I don't know. Yeah. It's like, I, I could talk to literally a wall, but yeah, we just, we instantly connected and I'm, I'm glad that we've, we've stayed in touch. And, um, like I said, I, you should be really proud of everything that you've been building during this time and all the different ways that you've been growing and learning. Um, it's a real inspiration to a lot of people. And I think that this conversation today, I hope will give people a different insight onto like, what else can I be doing? How can I take my, you know, current skill sets and, and translate them into a different career path? And even if it's something maybe not necessarily making you a ton of money right now, well, eventually maybe it will, you know, but. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I keep telling people, just keep going, just keep going. It's not gonna be success overnight. It's not gonna be something that happens instantly but just keep going and keep doing what you love and eventually your clientele will come. Yeah, yeah. people feel that realness and that genuine like genuine like connection. Um, and I'm sure that's what you, you know, are bringing to your clients as well. And that's why they keep coming back. So, well, this was great fun. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today and to share your experience from this last year. Um, where can people so find you? So pretty much anybody can find me on Facebook or Instagram right now, LinkedIn. LinkedIn is probably my most active social media out there. So it's just Melissa Pabian, very easy to find. <laughs> And nice. yeah, okay. I'm more than happy to connect with anybody. Anybody that wants any advice, needs somebody to talk to, I'm I'm here. So I've met a lot of people during this time. I found some mentors. I've become a mentor to some people that I've never even met in person. And you know what? If I can help somebody, then that makes me happy. So yeah. Well. 
And this conversation made me happy and it was just exactly what I needed. Again, yeah. thank you very much for uh, hopping on the call today and just, you know, sharing everything that you shared. So I think this was really fun. If we can't be physically together, you know, this is the next best thing. So. Next best thing. Yeah, absolutely. All right, girl. Well, have a great rest of the day. Thank you again. Yeah. And uh, just be safe. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Right. Catch-Up Time podcast is an original podcast produced and recorded in Orlando, Florida. Remember to subscribe to the Catch-Up Time podcast to get notified each week when new episodes are posted. You can also follow us on Instagram at catchup underscore time. Thanks again for listening to the Catch-Up Time podcast.